everybody, and welcome to the Consistently Inconsistent Podcast. Very. Sick on cinema. I am one half of your eyeball slicing surrealists, John. I'm your other half, Matt. You didn't think I'd have one this time, did you? <laughs> We're also currently streaming live on Instagram. For how long, we we'll, we don't know. You all don't give a shit either, so. <laughs> <laughs> well. So, it's been about three weeks. Yeah. When it's supposed to be only about two weeks. Yeah. Alas, we're failures. <laughs> and this is the last sick. I'm kidding. <laughs> this is not the last sick. No, this is not the last um, So how you been, Matt? Anybody talking to us over here? Uh, I've been all right. I'm going to try not to pay attention to the live stream too much. I've been working on this YouTube channel mostly. Yep. Still, Fright Crave is still preparing to launch soon. Yeah, well, it's been a long preparation. But, I mean, if you're a fan of the podcast, or a listener of the podcast, if you will, I don't really like saying fan, but listener of the podcast, you know that we're terrible yeah. of keeping a schedule, so. <laughs> yeah, I've got a schedule over there of when we're supposed to start uploading, and it's been pretty hard to do this. Yeah, Um. hopefully things will start working out a little better now that I have a store manager again, <laughs> Yeah, and, you're and I don't have to work 24 hours a day, you know. That's seven days a week. <laughs> that's probably twenty four hours is a joke, but I was working seven days a week. Oh, for for sure. That for about a month. <laughs> that's what the podcast has been. Um however, to move into the actual episode of Sick on Cinema. Yes. What are we covering today, Matt? Uh we're covering uh classic disturbing cinema. Classic disturbing cinema. That may be the way I worded it. I'm not Pre nineteen seventy. Sure. Yes. Controversial movies. Uh, I think there's only one of these movies that bridge 1970. I don't think even bridge 1970. What about uh, Horrors of Malformed Men? It's 69. So still. Still not. 1970. Yeah. Anybody on the live stream? Nobody. We're going to keep recording. We're okay. good. <laughs> <laughs> People listen to the podcast episode, we're going to be like, stop paying attention to the live stream. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, but. alas. What movies are we covering? We're covering Unjin and Lou. I am Hallelujah. just <laughs> murdered everyone's eardrums. R.I.P. Headphone users. Jigoku. Jigoku. Horrors of the Malformed Men. Horrors of the Malformed Men. And A.K.A. Head Bottle Rockets. We'll get that. <laughs> and Eyes Without a Face. Eyes Without a Face. The French classic. Kind of keeping on with the theme of last week's French Extreme. Yeah, also, I watched a movie that people, for some reason, hold at some high regard recently. Oh, you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, um, for the YouTube channel, of course. Bright Cray follows on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, uh, our YouTube channel. Well, yeah, that's probably the most primary one you should tell them to follow. YouTube channel. <laughs> follow us on YouTubes. Yeah, follow us on YouTube or subscribe, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> um Give us a like. Smash that like button. Like a ball. <laughs> Leave a comment. Rate us. Uh, d- diddle our pooters. <laughs> okay, that's, that's probably a bit much. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. But I watched The Strangers. Mm. I was not very impressed by no, The Strangers. No, I wasn't either. I remember when it came out. I gave it like a, well, I probably shouldn't say that. Cause yeah, save that. Yeah. You know, That's just a little taste of the fright crave goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Dying on air is not one of them. <laughs> so, uh, anything you want to talk about before we move into? I mean, except for oh, uh, 
I was, I was going to ask this on the channel, but I, I mean, it's going to be on here anyway. Yes. Uh, we're going to be hopefully, if YouTube allows us, to upload Sitcom Cinema onto that YouTube channel as yes. well. So that'll be awesome. Um, I want to give a shout out. We okay. do this from time to time. Uh, Scott Shimmer, I believe is his name. Could be wrong about that. Okay. Is running a Kickstarter for his newest film, The Bad Man. Oh yes, yeah. Which, if you're a fan of Sick on Cinema and the subversive cinema and extreme cinema and all that goodness, this definitely looks like a film with a lot of potential. Mm -hmm. Scott is a fantastic filmmaker behind movies like, excuse me, Plank Face and Found, which Found is an excellent horror film. Uh, This movie looks awesome. It stars Ellie Church and uh, Mr. Parker, Dave Parker. So... (laughs) You sent me a link to this. Yeah, the trailer is out, as long as the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, literally this morning. Mm Mm-hmm. As soon as I woke up, I watched it. Like, half asleep, too. That was pretty nightmare fuel. Yeah, it's good, man. It looks really good. I'm really excited. I actually backed the initial campaign of this. Yeah. A long time ago, probably about two or three years ago at this point. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't meet its goal. But this time the film is done. Oh, so this is for like distribution. Yes, distribution. Or you know whoever like supported it probably would get. Yeah, it basically post production stuff. Okay. So the movie's done. So hopefully the campaign succeeds, and right. everything gets put out. So yeah, go throw them a couple bucks. Whether it's just five dollars, anything helps. Well, whenever I can get my PayPal set up, I will yeah. most definitely do that. I, I'm going to buy the Blu-ray. And then we'll cover it on this podcast. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We're definitely going to cover um, Scott's movies. Yeah. As well, it's probably throwing in Headless, Harvest Lake, and uh, Space Babes from Outer Space, because he <laughs> produced that movie. It's a great name. It's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mr. Parker looks absolutely yoked. Yeah, he's shredded. Shredded in this movie. I didn't like, even know that was him. He's just like... Do we or, have any viewers over there? Well, you probably should. Uh, I think we do. Oh, really? Hey. Hello. Thanks for watching. <laughs> and we're, we're, we apologize to the listeners who just listened to the podcast yeah. and probably like, stop paying attention to your damn Instagram stream. <laughs> yeah. But hello, everybody that's watching live. We appreciate that. If you want to watch live, we may start doing this more often. We don't know. It'd be fun, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for the people who are just tuning in, this is Sick on Cinema, the podcast, live. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hello. Um, maybe I'll start doing it on my phone, too. Maybe we'll start giving some... Maybe if you're listening to this live and or recorded, give us five stars on iTunes. Five stars. Five, five stars. stars. Five stars. <laughs> give us that completely, you know, joke that will no one will understand unless they're wrestling fans. Give us that Melter five. Give us the Melter driver. Melter driver, me please. <laughs> okay, so it's time to get in the movies. We're yeah, rambling. Yeah, we've been know? rambling for like <laughs> the last like thirty minutes on absolutely nothing. So let's get this going. Pre nineteen seventies controversial movies. Yeah. So not as a these movies aren't necessarily as hardcore or as disturbing or as nasty as the films we've been covering. It's not a Serbian film. It's not irreversible. No. But for their time, these films are immensely controversial. Definitely. Yeah. Starting with 1929. God. Written, if you can say this movie was written. Yeah. By Salvador Dali. Yeah. Famous surrealistic painter with the best mustache in the history of oh life. My God. It, it is. This is Unchain Analu. Yeah, where do we even <laughs> start with this movie? Normally, I would like to uh, give a plot synopsis for uh, 
the film we are covering. However, um, there's no plot. To this. There is no plot to this movie. Literally, there is no plot. No. Essentially, it's a man and a woman who are in this apartment or loft or however you want to say it. Yeah. And just bizarre, surrealistic things unfold to them in this one room. <laughs> That's essentially the plot of Unchain Alu. Okay, I want, I want everyone to imagine this for a second. Mm-hmm. This is 1929. 1929. Yeah. I'm setting the mood. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> that's my new rule on the podcast. That's repeated thing you say. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a bit of a weird thing to do, but yeah, it's 1929. Mm-hmm. The, just, this is just a scene we use for example. Uh, there's a guy dragging pianos <laughs> with horse carcasses <laughs> on them. And monks. And monks. Yeah. And how about um, a woman who... Uh, looks at this guy's face, and then realizes that his mouth is gone, and there's hair in its place. And then she looks at her armpit, and her armpit hair is gone. That scene in particular to me, the armpit hair mouth scene... What? ...was was a little little more than I was ready for. Like, you know, of course I knew about the most infamous scenes in Onjan Jan Lou, and we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the armpit hair in the mouth scene was... Way more than I was ready for. <laughs> um, I yeah. did not enjoy that scene in particular. It bothered me. <laughs> and I was also dumbfounded. I was like, how the hell did they do this in 1929? I mean, I guess they just used the the black and white film to their advantage and just like put some shit over her mouth. I guess. I don't mouth. know, man. Like yeah. The editing the editing in Unchain on a Lou is actually really good. Oh my like, god, yeah. Not only are like the visuals and the effects and everything like that ahead of its time, mm. But like the te- the filmmaking techniques as well are really ahead of their time. Oh my god, yeah, a lot of great close ups and like just weird tracking shots. Yes, like Salvador Dali like wrote, I guess you can say, yeah, another movie, and it was this, him and the same guy who directed this one worked on it, and I heard it was even more controversial. Uh, we, uh, but we need to search it out then. Um, to me, you know, the most famous scene. In Unchanalu is actually the very opening of the scene, yeah, which is cut together superbly. Mm. Basically, it's the woman sitting in a chair. This guy's like sharpening this razor blade. He walks up, he puts it up to her eye. You get a shot of the moon with a cloud like slicing through, and then he, whoosh, you know, cuts the eyeball and the goop comes out. Ugh, you know, gross. possibly the first gore effect. Oh yeah. In cinema history, could be. I don't know. I'm not a film historian necessarily. It would be the only bit of gore in this movie, though. Yeah. the 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 horses are are real. Yeah, they're dead ass horses. <laughs> <laughs> dead ass. There's also a great shot of a ant coming out of this guy's hand, yeah, and that fake hand looks great. And there's also a severed fake hand yeah. that looks pretty good too. Mm. It's just I don't know, man. It's a really really bizarre movie. And, you know, I think, like a lot of people, the first time I ever heard of Unchan on a Lou was the Pixies. Yeah. Famous 80s alternative rock band, you know, the Pixies, the song Debaser, mm-hmm. where he's like, I got a movie I want you to know, slicing up eyeballs I want you to know. You yeah, know? yeah. So it's a very famous film. Uh, it's been studied countless times in film school. Uh, absolutely worth a watch. It's only about 20 minutes long. You can find it anywhere. Hmm. I think it'd be cool to see it live with, like, a band. Yeah. Doing, like, awesome. a live score over it. Like, I've seen, I know, uh, Knoxville Horror Film Festival did that with Nosferatu. 
Oh, wow. Which really? I think would be really cool to see, too. They have, like, a live band. When was that? It was right before the Knoxville Horror Film Festival this year. Son of a bitch, I wanted to see that. That would have been really cool, yeah. That would have been awesome. But I'd really like to see, like, I think it'd be really cool to see when Channel Lou with, like, oh, a yeah. live band kind of doing their interpretation of a score over it. The only thing that sucks is the version that we saw was, there's no subtitles. There's no subtitles, but... There's not a lot of dialogue either. There's not a lot of dialogue, and there's not <laughs> the the plot is even less um, in existence. In existence, yeah. So yeah, I think you know we want to say about Unchan and Lou before we move on. Uh, I mean, it's insane. <laughs> I feel like you know we definitely wanted to add Unchan and Lou into this. You know, it's a short film, so I thought we you know I mean, it's it, easy to kind of fit it in. Yeah, and. Uh, so it, it matches the ideal of this episode and the theme. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, you know, we compacted it in, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So, Unchained Analu from 1929. Now, moving on to 1969. Just bordering, just bordering on the 70s. Yeah, I literally just finished this movie. One of the most controversial Japanese films ever made, according to the DVD sleeve of this film. (laughs) If it's true, who knows? This is The Horrors of the Malformed Men. By the way, I did not appreciate the the opening of this movie. The creepy guy on the beach? No, the spiders. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the spiders. That really bothered me. The creepy guy on the beach is the menu screen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't appreciate that either. That freaked me the hell out. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um... The first time, like, we like to kind of talk about where we've heard of these films. The first time I ever heard of Horrors of Malformed Men was honestly when Synapse put it out. I had never heard of it. I had never heard of this movie at all. And uh, lo and behold, Synapse, you know, was announcing a, a slew of Asian titles. I think one was Snake Woman's Curse. Oh, sounds great. Which I've never seen that one. Uh, but Horrors of Malformed Men just sounded super fascinating because you hear about, you know, once it, you know... Once the film was, you know, announced to be released, a lot of people started talking about, you know, the controversial nature of it and how it was ahead of its time and how, you know, it was, nothing like that was ever released before in Japan. So I was like, of course, I was like, I gotta see this movie. Yeah. And at the time, I had a Blockbuster Video <laughs> online service, which was essentially Netflix but Blockbuster. That's, yeah, that didn't last very long. No, you could rent movies through the mail. And then exchange them for movies in store. What? Mm-hmm. That's so odd. You would return them to the store, and you could rent whatever movie you want to, and you'd hand them the sleeve DVD, and then you would get the movie in the store. So, I was watching a shit ton of movies at that time, because I was getting them not just from Blockbuster, but also from Netflix. Yeah. So, I got in Horrors of the Malformed Men. And I was watching it, and I was into it, because the first half of the movie, or not even the first half, the first hour, basically, yeah. of the film is essentially just like this like mystery thriller. Yeah, while watching this movie, uh, it, like, uh, like they got to the the whole malformed men thing. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess we're close to the end. I looked, I was like, we got like 40 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> well, the movie's kind of long. It's about an hour and 40 minutes. About yeah. 45, 40, something like that. It was in like an hour 40, I think. Mm. Which is decently long. I mean, like, not long, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's decent. It's not your average 90-minute movie. but I think it was exactly 99 minutes. So it literally, the DVD gets to the point where they get to the island of the malformed men, mm-hmm. and it starts skipping. Yeah. The, the DVD, the, when I was watching that, there's points where it kept, like, pausing on me. 
I think that's in the movie, oh. Oh, that's just the movie. This was different. Like, this was like, it'd be the guy on the beach, and he'd be like, uh, and he'd just freeze. Oh. And then, like, it'd fast forward a little bit, and you, I never could get it to play, so, lo and behold, I never saw more horse's mouth on more men, until this viewing, where I finally finished Horrors of the Malformed Men, and it took, oh, I was in college. Blockbuster video, let's just keep that in mind. So about nine years in the making to see? Nine years. Probably close to about nine years in the making. Wow. To see the Horrors of the Malformed Men. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, my God, this movie worth it. It's worth it. So let's get into the plot. Oh my God. The plot is the plot is thick. It's thick. <laughs> it's so thick. Basically, you have this um, doctor who wakes up in an insane asylum with no clue how he got there. That would already be a nightmare. Yeah, where this bald man <laughs> tries to kill him. Yeah, this okay. This guy gets killed in the process of trying to kill this guy. Mm-hmm. That is true hatred. <laughs> 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 so he. Uh, he escapes the mental institution and goes on the run with this uh, circus girl. <laughs> who you think this is going to be the the plot of the movie? However, she gets dead assed pretty early. Yeah, she gets absolutely goofed within, by ghost knife. <laughs> ghost knife within five minutes, she's dead. <laughs> yeah. and, and they're blaming him. They're just like, he did it. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> well, he, he did have a knife in his hand. Well, he took it out of her. I don't know. Like, was nobody paying attention until he had the knife in his hand? I guess not. <laughs> they were just like, no, no, no. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes on the run again. And while on the run, he discovers that a man died who was his identical, not twin, but necessarily mm, well well try not to spoil here matt <laughs> i think you just spoiled a little bit sorry people but anyways essentially like a like a doppelganger almost like it's identical to him like it looks just like yeah. him same scar on the foot and everything which was a swastika i would like to point yeah, that out <laughs> I, I that. I like, <laughs> <laughs> so he goes and digs up the body and fakes suicide and takes this man's place as though he was just misdiagnosed and he was actually alive. Just, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say, this movie lost its fucking marbles very early. <laughs> so that's the basic plot at first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's your first about 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> and that, it's really interesting, too. Like, that stuff is fascinating because there's like little subtle things where he's like, he's like looking at a picture and he's like, <sighs> he's left-handed. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and he has to like stop what he's doing, and then like someone's like, "Can you sign this for me?" And he's about to sign it, and he's like, "Oh no, wait a minute!" <laughs> you know, like I'm right. <laughs> that stuff's so cool. But then we learn that the father of the man who died that he's taking the place of was this bizarre scientist who has this island of malformed men, <laughs> and he wants to turn the world into malformed people. And he takes them to this island, and all hell breaks loose at that point. I don't know what the hell happens. <laughs> um, okay. Let me, let me tell you what happens. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the writers and directors of this movie took took some shit and just chucked it into a ceiling fan. <laughs> That's what happened. Um, yeah. Truly. One of the craziest. One of the craziest <laughs> final acts of a movie Absolutely ever. It completely jumps tone and shift of the the entire film. When you get on the island, first of all, 
the guy who plays the scientist oh is freaky. Yeah. <laughs> like, he looks like like he's a male version of the ring. Mm. He's Sadako, if Sadako was a dude with a goatee. And he dude. also kind of looks like the little crazy guy from the raid. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he, like, the first time you see him, he just, like, skittering on these damn rocks. Yeah. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> He's just stomping and kicking away through her. And he's like... <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just making the the most hellish noises you he's can. He's death metal vocaling all over the damn place. <laughs> death growling everywhere. <laughs> but then he like he does this weird little like movements towards the camera. Yeah. And I swear to God, it almost has a 3D effect. Yeah, it looks awesome. It looks like he's going to come out of the damn TV. <laughs> have some break shit happen. Yeah, like it's nuts. Like he starts getting closer and closer it gets. Like I'm starting like backing up a little bit. Like mm, get back, <laughs> you know. Like <laughs> <laughs> you bet you need backup. And then we when we get to the island, like all these crazy like deformities, which some of them look awesome. Yeah, and some of them they just got shit poured all over them. That w- that one guy. <laughs> That one guy whose hairline goes all the way. <laughs> yeah, back. that's the one I was thinking of too with the bug ass teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we're just goofing on this guy. Um and then like well, let's just break down like without spoiling <laughs> anything. Kind of what's some of the things that are in the movie. Okay, you have implied rape. Yeah. And not just implied, like without showing it, they basically like, yeah, this woman got raped by everybody. <laughs> God I'm hot. Like, uh, Two people tricked into having incest. Yeah. Uh, deformed people. <laughs> Siamese twins surgically separated. Ghost murder. Ghost murder, I guess. <laughs> um, what else? Like, just crazy, 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 crazy shit. And then it just gets crazier. Yeah. <laughs> like, they eventually, like, to the, they find this woman who, like, at first she looks beautiful, but then she looks horrifying because she's, like, been surgically sewed together with this guy. Oh, yeah. Right, and that's weird as shit, because they're just like, Whoa! and like pulling <laughs> on each other. And they surgically separate them. <laughs> and, and then, like, they find the mother of the girl, right? Yeah. And they're all in this cave, and then out of nowhere, this damn detective shows up. Oh, God. And he's like, hey, you want to know what's going on in the movie? Here's the entire plot. Boom! <laughs> Flashback city. <laughs> <laughs> He comes out of nowhere. <laughs> There's nothing that leads to him no, to show up. No, he just shows up. Like he's the, he's one other time he's in the movie. Wh- wh- what is it? He's like I don't the remember. he's like the caregiver when the when the malformed men first show up and they're like running through the place. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it. That's the only other time he's in the movie. Really? And then he's like, I'm a detective. Yeah, because they're in the cave and you know, you know, uh, stuff's happening. You know, spoilers. Happening, yeah, spoilers happening, and then you hear someone laughing in the distance. I was like, Oh, oh, what is this? I was like, Wait, who's this guy? And he walks in and he's like, I know exactly what happened here. <laughs> exactly, like you said, just takes this grenade of truth and just chucks it into the room. <laughs> Exhibition, ex exposition, is that exposition? I'm terrible at speaking, I'm sorry. <laughs> just boom in your face, like, like all these things that you're like, That's a massive plot hole. Boom, that fills it up, sort of. Boom, that fills it up, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> so, and without spoiling anything, shit just gets crazier because then who you thought the bad guy well, isn't even the bad guy. No. He has a self-destruct button that can blow this entire island up. Yep. <laughs> and then, w- w- no spoilers, but the only thing to say is there's fireworks and body parts going off at the same time in the sky. 
Like my, my notes literally read on this. In, uh, co- in enough space to cover up two entire lines. It says, what just happened? <laughs> like, they're literally like bottle rocket body parts. Uh-huh. And that's the horrors of Malfoy, man. <laughs> Bat shit crazy movie. I mean... Bat shit crazy movie. I don't even know how to explain this movie. But, man, I, mean, I couldn't recommend it higher. Oh, my God. It's... Like, it's almost like... I feel like the beginning parts are a little more entertaining than Suffered Little Children. Yeah. But the ending of Suffer Little Children makes that movie worse dang through to the end. Yeah. Well, this one... The entire movie is, is good. Because it legitimately, like, the first hour to 45 minutes is, like, this really good, like, mystery thriller. Like, yeah. this guy, like, you know, trying to, like, keep his, you know, cover from being blown while, you know, finding out that, uh-oh, this guy was actually having an affair at the same time while he was married to this girl. And like all these little weird integral <laughs> things, and it's like, oh, this is really cool. And then you just get smacked in the face with craziness, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. it almost becomes a different movie. And also, the ending in this movie has so much, like, so. Oh, I can't, I can't remember the word off the top of my head. I'm just into this right now. Okay, flashbacks. Flashbacks. Yeah. Yes. When that detective shows up, man, like it's flashback city for a few minutes. It go. It has more flashbacks in this, just in this like, ten minutes here, than the entire Saw franchise. I guarantee it. <laughs> My last note I put down was, man, the ending gets a bit too convoluted. <laughs> it sure does, but God, I loved it. It it's great. Like, what? <laughs> the very end of this movie when the body parts are going off. Oh my God. My jaw. Was on the ground, like I, I literally could not believe. I leaned back as far <laughs> as I could in my chair and was just like, "This is happening," because, like I said, like I had never finished the movie, I never seen the ending, yeah. and to see this happening, it was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like after watching this, this ending. There's, po- there's no point to watching any other movie. <laughs> no ending gets better than it. it. It reminded me a lot of like seeing, um, um. Christmas Evil for the first time. Oh my god! And just being like, blah 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 blah. What? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> god. So, any last thoughts on uh, the absolute batshit crazy horrors of the malformed men? Thumbs up. Thumbs up, man. <laughs> like, the beginning is slow, but I honestly was really into it. Yeah, I, I, mean, I was into it too. It is slow though. Yeah. Like, it takes a while to get to the malformed men. Yeah, oh, but I was like, there's not really any malformed men. Yeah, <laughs> where's the malformed men at? What's going on here? And then when it comes, I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm done with the malformed men. Get them out of here. It's almost like, you <laughs> know, like the later Hellraiser sequels. <laughs> yeah, with the uh, pinhead. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. So. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's bad shit crazy. That's the only way to describe it. Two thumbs up. Thumbs thumbs up, for sure. Thumbs way up. So, next up, we stay in Japan. Yes. Which, Unchain Anlu, I believe, is French. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, So, it kind of weirdly worked out like that, where we had two French films and two Japanese movies. Yeah, I mean, it was probably an accident. (laughs) It was. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't on purpose, but, you know. It's okay. So we go to we we rewind back to 1960. Yes, a Japanese film known as Yugoku. 
you just earrigged everyone at home. <laughs> also known as the sinners of hell. Also, Jigoku translates to hell. To hell, I believe. Or sinner. One of the two. Could that's be the what, same that's thing. That's what it said on the movie, at least. Yeah. Um. So this film is also another very thick plot. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, essentially, these two guys are having the best years of their life. Sort of. Well, kind of. I would say you follow Shiro. Yes. Who is a young student (laughs) in college. He just proposed to the love of his life. Mm -hmm. Seems like everything is going to his plan until this mysterious man known as Taboru. Yes. Shows up who... I don't think this is a stretching it. He's definitely not mortal, I would say. <laughs> yeah, he's very um, otherworldly. Yeah. and Because uh, there's some things that happen in this movie with him that no other human being would be able to live through. Yeah. He, we'll get into it. He drives Shiro home after the proposal, and they run over a Yakuza boss. Bad thing to do. Kill him and take off running. The only thing about that is, when they hit him, like, they said he he died of, like, brain hemorrhage, right? He gets up, and he's, like, screaming at him. <laughs> and then, he, I guess he just died. Then he died ass, all right? He, he died ass. <laughs> he died ass. <laughs> That's a new word. <laughs> you, you, you accomplished it. So, after that, Shiro, you know, he wants to turn himself in along with Tamaru. But Tamaru's like, nah, dog, we ain't doing that. So Shiro, he was like, come on, sweetie. Yukiko is her name. Yes. He's like, we got to get out of here. Get in the taxi with me. Taxi Rex kills Yukiko. (laughs) This is a bad time to be this guy. Shiro then gets a letter from his father telling him that his mother is dying. (laughs) He gets to this town that is filled with the shittiest human beings that have ever walked the face of this planet. I mean, His father is literally cheating on his dying wife next door. Yeah, not even, not even like next door. Not, not like the house over. No, the room over. The, yeah, the next room. Asshole. <laughs> this doctor who runs this, like, kind of like a nursing home or a live-in for elderly people. Yeah, treats them like absolute shit and malnourishes them. God, it's, it's brutal, man. The detective will blackmail people to get his way. There's a painter. He's all right. <laughs> He's okay. He's okay. His daughter is sweet. He probably doesn't deserve what happens to him. His daughter is nice. Yeah. And all the while, Shiro is also being hunted down by the wife and mother of the Yakuza boss they killed. Thick plot. As well as Tamura. But then, the final act of the film. God almighty. The chaos unfolds and everyone ends up. In hell. <laughs> and I'll see you in hell. <laughs> That's not too it's my man, you asshole. <laughs> so um, yes, the final act of the film literally takes place in the I guess Buddhist Yes. Eight stages of hell. Yeah. And my god it's and we'll get horrible. into that. So, your thoughts on Jigoku. This movie has so many things in it that's just ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. But also, the time period in this movie, like, it's 1960. Yes. It definitely shows that this is, like, the 50s era. Like yeah. around that 50s era. Definitely. Because they're listening to, you know, 
like <laughs> this like <laughs> rock music. Yeah. Their hair slicked back. <laughs> They're just enjoying enjoying life until hell breaks loose. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. And it's also fascinating too to see like you know, they're still wearing, they got the wooden sandals. Yeah, yeah. And, like, at one point, these group that look like samurais walk past them. Yeah, what the hell? So it's like, even though it's, like, 1950s, 1960s, there's still a lot of, like, old culture still. And that's really cool to kind of see that. It's really, like, a time capsule of a time that, you know, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So that's really cool, too. What did you think about the, uh, I don't remember what they call them, but the Japanese Satan this movie. Uh, he was hilarious. <laughs> you thought he was hilarious? Yeah. I thought he looked awesome. He was cool. He was cool as hell, but like, he had those big thick ass like mustache looking thing. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, you sure not a bird in here. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you will now be sent to the saw. Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. That was crazy. So, the first, again, much like Horrors of the Malformed Men, the first hour or so of this film <laughs> is Really just like a, a drama mm. with a little supernatural horror elements in it. Yeah. Um, and to me, like, if that stuff was really boring, then the movie would fail. Because you know the hell stuff is going to be cool. Because, it, you know, you're literally going into hell. But if the rest of the movie just isn't strong and you don't care about the characters or anything like that, excuse me, um, then the movie falls flat on its face. However... That stuff is awesome, too. Yeah. Like, Shiro is a very likable character. Mm-hmm. You really feel for him. Oh, yeah. Like, he doesn't deserve the things that are happening to him. I mean, for God's sakes, the, the poor guy is going through the roughest time of his entire life. I mean, But he just keeps making mistakes, too. Yeah. Like, you know, he could have done certain things differently to kind of change his fate mm-hmm. as well. And that's also very interesting, too. Which I think yeah. the movie's a lot about fate. It's about. It's a lot about, you know, do the right thing. You don't. You you won't end up here. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the little village with the shittiest people that have ever existed, except, <laughs> except for the the elderly that are there. The elderly, but don't they all end up in hell too? <laughs> Wait, do they? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't. Th- I don't think so. Okay. Um. I think it's just a bunch of people that were already there, <laughs> and like, there's the 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 finale before we all get into hell. Which, I mean, I guess it's not really a spoiler to know that they're all going to die. <laughs> because I mean, to get to they, hell, you must die yeah, in one way or the other. is insane. Oh, my God. Like, it's man. chaos after chaos. I mean, this movie... Hold on. <laughs> yeah, I apologize for that. Um, it goes from, like, five to cranking it up to 11. Yeah, in, like, a few seconds. Yeah. And then you're in hell, and you're like, whoa. And... The effects of hell are amazing. They are ridiculously awesome. Like, oh my god! It put I me in like that. a. There's a, a movie which we will definitely one day cover on this film because it's one of the uh, Coffin Joe films. Yeah, you, you, podcast by the way you said on this film. Oh, podcast, whatever. <laughs> a film we will cover on this podcast. Uh, this not I would ta- this not a possess your corpse. Yeah, something like that. Um, it reminds me a lot of that too. Where like, it's not a version of hell that. You know, you you think of when you hear someone talk like when you hear about hell, you think about a lot of fire and mm-hmm. demons and stuff like that, and you get that in this, but it's also a lot more subdued. Like, what is a, you know, you're forced to walk, wander forever upon these six paths yeah. that never go anywhere, God. right? Or uh, you're thirsty, so you must drink from the river of the p- 
pus that came out oh. of your decomposing body. It's so gross. Yeah, and it's just like, and like, the, the effects, man, like, the amount of work they must have done to set these sets up. Oh, my God. Because they're so elaborate and so massive. Mm-hmm. Like, there's literally like a river. You know, the yeah, ferryman yeah. of the river sticks. There's literally a river yeah. with rock bed. You know what I mean? It's insane. Yeah, it must have took so much time and so much work to put this movie I mean, together. Like, I mean, not just the sets. I mean, some of the, the practical effects they do on some of these people are absolutely crazy. Yeah, I was getting into that next. The gore effects. Oh, my God. Are batshit crazy for 1960s. Yeah. People are dismembered, mm-hmm. sawed in half. Filleted. Filleted. Gutted. And you see all this. And then there's some people that are forced to walk the the vortex of torment, <laughs> which l- resembles a circle pit. A circle so pit. Open this pit up. <laughs> it is very much like a death metal circle pit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like... The scene to me, like when the guy gets filleted and he's like sitting there and he's like, it's just his bones and his muscles and his. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, holy shit. Like, this is 1960. I, if I was in a movie theater watching this in 1960, I'd be shitting my pants. Like, I don't think. Had Psycho? Psycho hadn't come out yet, right? Psycho's like 61. Mm, I think it. No, that's 60. 60? So, same year as Psycho. Think about that for a second. <laughs> the shocking scene of a toilet flushing. Yeah. Offended audiences. Offended audiences. When Japan's, Japan's like, hold my fucking beer. Like, here comes hell, dog. <laughs> <laughs> here comes Satan. Here comes filleting people. Here comes all kinds of crazy here shit. Here comes a freaking saw literally slicing a guy in half and seeing the two pieces being separated with guts. It's <laughs> insane. It is insane. And there's a baby, and like they do not like make sure the baby's okay. It's around fire and water. No, and it just... <laughs> yeah, I just... <laughs> <laughs> it's not good for that baby. There's like, there's a whole reference to like, again, like having to swim in a river of your own vile. Ugh. You know, <laughs> so gross. It's an absolute bat shit crazy movie as well, but in a completely different way, where it's a little more subtle and yeah. more. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say well done because I thought Horse Mouth for Man was very well shot as well, but I don't know. It's a more classic story that has these crazy, disturbing elements in it as well. Yeah, whores of Malformed Men, like, the plot is insane there, and the story's batshit crazy. When this movie, I can't say it isn't either, but... Mm-hmm. It's just a different kind of crazy. This movie's a little easier to follow, I feel yeah. like. Um, but yeah, the effect the effects is what really blew my mind. Not just the gore effects, but also, like, the set effect, you know, the set, and the visual effects, and the, like, costumes, and... Like, I, I know this effect made you... You said you made it made you laugh, but honestly... It blew me away. The, the bridge. Big... Oh, well, yeah. That blew me the away. The cut is awesome. The dummy is a little, you know. <laughs> I mean, it may be a little funny because, I mean, it just bodies hitting rocks. It's just floppy-ass bodies just smashing off shit. I thought, I thought it looked great, though. It does look good. I mean, I don't want to... <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of... It looks better than those bodies in those Steven Seagal movies. What about uh, Octoman? Oh, God. Do you remember when oh. he throws the guy off the mountain? <laughs> the guy? You, you, you want to call him the guy. <laughs> you want to call this floppy bastard the guy. <laughs> I like Octoman. You back off. <laughs> Anyways. The movie's so bad it's good. It is very bad. <laughs> but like I said, because Shiro is such a likable character, oh, then you're you're pulling for him. You're like, come on, man. You know, you can do this. You're going to get out of this hell. You're going to live. Now, depending on how you interpret that ending, mm. yo, 
So we're not going to spoil anything, but that ending can be interpreted several different ways, I feel like. Yeah. Because it's not, that's the only thing that's not very straightforward in the movie, is the ending. Mm-hmm. It's a little like, ah, uh, you can kind of look at that, you know. It, did did this happen, or did that happen? Yeah. Did any of it happen? Did, is this some kind of, like, hallucination? What, what, yeah. is it, what is this? And it's also, like, and also another thing you got to give the writer of this film credit for is the characters are so unlikable. Oh, my and God. so shitty that when they're getting their comeuppance by this Japanese devil dude... <laughs> You're like, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know. God, it's so awesome to watch. Cause he's just like, you, you are the worst of them all. Cause you did not, you know, care for the people that you know trusted you. Yeah, you shall be filleted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like most of the movie, he's just a gigantic head too. <laughs> yeah, and just like I the makeup looks awesome on him. You know, the, and there's a river of blood at one point. Oh my god, which looks so cool. Yeah, and like when they go into the waters, the like bubbling mm-hmm. pus. Oh, there is one thing in the River of Blood scene that kind of made me laugh. That was like, that's a bit odd of a choice. What was when the guy dolphin dives into it? <laughs> <He's> <laughs> I like, didn't Whoa! catch that. <laughs> like head first into oh, the River of Blood. God. I was like, oh, that was a great decision. But you know, like there's the same with like Tamura or as they say, Tamura. Tamura. I think that's how they said it in the movie. But you know, my pronun- <laughs> I'm not Japanese, so my pronunciation skills I'm sure are wretched. <laughs> I'm sure we butchered this entirely. Yes, but. He's in the the pussy water, and he's just like looking up at Shiro, and he's like saying, "I don't remember what he says to him, but there's a like that whole thing is really cool too. Where like he's almost the god, yeah, in hell. He's a. I think I just figured it out. Mm. <laughs> um, he's a great character too. Mm-hmm. Like he's just this ominous figure that looms over everything. Yeah, and if you ever noticed, did you notice the red motifs? In this film, the, the, a lot of red. Oh yeah, tons and tons of red in this movie. Almost every scene has something red in it. Red in it, which I thought was a really nice touch. But God, like as soon as we got into hell, I was like, "How did they even do this for the time?" I like, I was so it blew me a mo- it blew me away. It's one of those things where it's like, had the movie never went to hell, it's yeah. still an awesome movie. It's still a yeah. really good drama. With, like, you know, this likable character who's kind of just going through this shitty time and just trying to figure out... Yeah, it's a great story. And ...where so he's going to go and what he's going to do, you know? Mm-hmm. But then you get into hell and, like, it becomes bigger and more massive and crazier. and Yeah. And then it becomes a horror movie. Yeah. It's a, it's an awesome movie. And there's this, there's so many great little things in this movie that I love, too. Where, like... Uh, when he proposes to his girlfriend and then Tamura shows up, right? Yeah. First of all, the way they lied to him is so cool. And he's got a red rose. Yeah. Um, But he's, like, walking out, right? He's leaving. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, your clock stopped. And then Tamura just stops and he's like, I hear that's bad luck. Mm. And you're just like, oh, something's going to happen. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then it does. Mm. A lot of bad stuff happens. And then did you notice the clock stopped later in the movie, too? Oh, yeah. It's, you know, just little things like that, I think, really set this movie mm-hmm. off. But, like, for films that, you know, there's there's a handful of movies that go into hell and, like, show hell. Burning Moon. Oh, my God. that, that Also, Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder. I think that one's probably one of the most terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, This Night I'll Possess Your Corpse. Yeah. You know, there's several films that go into hell, and Jigoku is right there with them as, like, just, mm-hmm. you know, each one has, has their own unique take on hell yeah and Jigoku might be my favorite I mean I'd have to kind of watch the other ones again to kind of get it but Jigoku yeah. is just such a such a fascinating look also because it's a different cultural mm-hmm. look at hell too you know what I mean 
where most a lot of places have a Christianity based hell. Yeah, I honestly thought that um, most hell. I, I thought like hell was more of a just a Christian Christian. I think every religion kind of has its own hell. Hell. So it's really cool to kind of see a different cultures, you know, take on the hell yeah. as well as you know. Because a lot of, like I said, a lot of the other movies are, you know, based more on Catholicism or Christianity. Mm. So, that, to me, that's, makes it even more interesting. Yeah. So, what's your final thoughts on Jagoku before we move on? I mean. Damn it. (laughs) It's, and it's a movie that laid out the found, you you know, the the groundwork for future movies about hell and, Mm -hmm. like, special effects. Yeah. It's way ahead of its time. I and mean, that's something I think we've said a couple times in this movie. Yeah. It's way ahead of its time, you know. I mean, that's what, I mean, so far all of these. And the first time I ever saw Jigoku was pretty interesting. I saw it on, uh, I've said it a few times, Turner Classic Movies. Whoa. Used to have this block of films they would show after about 1 o'clock in the morning, and they would show them uncut. <laughs> Bless her, you. <laughs> God, that came out of nowhere. Um, they would show them uncut after 1 o'clock. So I saw things like The Boogans. Huh? <laughs> yeah, The Boogans. What is that? It's a movie about uh, mutated turtle monsters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Bloody Birthday. The first time I've seen Bloody Birthday was on this show. I think it was Turner Classic Underground. Yeah, we, we, that was the first time I ever watched The Beyond. Mm-hmm. And Vampire. And Vampire, yep. That movie's awesome. And, you know, sometimes I would know the movie and I would record it, and sometimes I wouldn't, and I wouldn't. Yeah. But if it caught my attention, even if I didn't know it, I would record it. Mm-hmm. And it was Jigoku, and I was like, oh, what's this? And it was like, you know, Journeys into Hell. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll record that. Right. And as I was watching, honestly, at first I wasn't necessarily digging it, because I was like, this is cool, and it's kind of interesting, but, you know, why does this need to be on Turner Classic Underground? Mm. And then... Hell happened. And I was like, oh my god, like, this is crazy. Yeah. So, Yeah. I love this movie. I've always loved this movie. You can get it through the Criterion Edition, mm-hmm. which is not the best Criterion Edition, but it's still absolutely worth having in your collection. And uh, Horse Mouth for Men is put out by Synapse. And Ungenandalu is on YouTube. YouTube, and I'm sure there's physical releases that you can get as well. Yeah, but... So... Um, speaking of ahead of its time... Main event time, if you will... <laughs> Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> staying in 1960. That's what we're staying in, Tom. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, an absolute masterpiece out of France. It's Eyes Without a Face. This movie is so good. So good. To me, if I if we rated the movies, yeah. this would get the coveted five stars. Oh. And I'll get into why I think that here in a minute as well. I mean... I'm tempted to to do five, but I think I'm gonna go four and a half on this. But we one. don't do that. That's I fine. know we don't do that on this. <laughs> but yeah, you share your opinions. So I feel like I could share mine. Yeah. So this one's a little more simpler in the plot department than the last two. Mm-hmm. Basically, you have this girl named Christina. The last three, you mean? Oh, that's true. Well, from <laughs> Jan Lydia, if you can explain to me the plot of that movie, I would shake your damn hand. <laughs> but anyways, Christina and her father, who is a professor, doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't ever see this, but we know it because we get told in the backstory are involved in a horrific car accident that deforms Christina's face. Yes. So her father, who is you know a doctor as well as a 
you know, man of science who's trying to learn the new technique of skin grafting, but large amounts, like mm. whole pieces. Yes. Begins to search for women that he can take their face and give to his daughter to give her a new life. And that's essentially the plot of Eyes Without a Face. Um, but but you forgot to mention one thing. Yes. These women are not consenting to this. Uh, no, no, no. This is murder. <laughs> this is straight up, like, murder. Yes. And here is what makes Eyes Without a Face better than any other movie. Because this is not an original plot. No. Necessarily. I mean, there's what? The Brain That Wouldn't Die. Very similar plot. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, other takes on this story that I've seen. Really? Yes. I've seen one done in uh, Claymation, which was actually pretty good. But <laughs> mm. What makes this version so good is the doctor, the professor, the father. He is so good. He He's also, yes, he's fantastic. Booming voice, very stoic at points. Mm-hmm. He is not a villain. No. He is not a bad person. He feels horrible for what he's doing. Yeah. He does not want to do this, but he loves his daughter so much, and he feels so guilty that he's going to willing to go as far as he has to 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 help her and fix her. It's the most extreme showcasing of love mm-hmm. that you could you know show. In a and it movie. takes what easily could be, you know, an early sixty an early sixties schlock slasher. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, slashers hadn't necessarily become a thing, but you know what I'm saying. Well, it's 1960, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this year the first slasher was really made, so. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It could well, easily I be. I'm go with some people's opinion who say. Peep and Dom. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyways. Sorry. What what could be a schlocky mad scientist film mm-hmm. becomes something more because his motivation isn't his science. Mm his motivation is his love. Yeah. And that makes this film almost like a tragedy more than a horror movie. This, I mean, look, the first time I heard about this movie was completely random. I walked into your room one day and you're watching it. Yeah. And <laughs> it was right to the scene, the iconic scene. The face transplant? Yeah. I was like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if I stayed in there what. Like, I thought I'd stayed in there and watched the entire thing, but I guess I didn't. Or we, you just didn't finish it that time, but I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh, I know I've tried talking into watching it a few times, and we just never got around to doing it. Yeah. And watching it this time around, I mean, this movie, it's a masterpiece. It's an absolute masterpiece. Because there's so many layers to it, too. There's Christina. You know, she is disfigured. She blames her father. You know, she doesn't believe that she can be saved Mm -hmm. and you're you're kind of watching her like descend into madness each time this operation doesn't take you know she goes further and further into you know a state of psychosis basically until you get Mm -hmm. to the ending then you have the woman who's helping yeah who is the the head dance teacher in Suspiria (laughs) yeah which we had watched very recently Mm -hmm. as well which is a masterpiece in its own right (laughs) you know she is helping because she is grateful to the doctor because they're always you know you know kind of hinting at she had some kind of either deformity or it was in some kind of accident and he helped her and fixed her up yeah so she's helping him out of gratitude mm-hmm. and all this like plays together into this 
family drama that also just happens to have murder and cover up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a heartbreaking story. It is very tragic. I mean, it's a sad story. You feel for the doctor. You know what I mean? Like I said, he's not a monster. No. What he's doing is wrong, but he's not a monster. He he's just he you know, it's the love of a parent. He's willing to go as far. I mean, he's not Ed Geening people for his own enjoyment. Yeah, exactly. He's doing it to save, well, not necessarily save, but you know, help his daughter. Mm-hmm. And and it, I think if you had the wrong actor, it still would have came off schlocky. Yeah, because they could have been too over the top. But this guy is so good in this role. That everything he does is so subtle. Yeah, like there's, uh, I mean, I think because you already mentioned like it, it doesn't it keeps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a spoiler because he's like, oh god, I finally did it. Mm-hmm. But then he looks closely at his daughter's face. And he's like, and he just stops her a moment. Yeah, and he's like, no, 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 nothing's wrong. And then later on, you find out that it didn't work again. That scene is so great too because he's like. You know, the lady who's helping him, which I, you know, we're terrible writing down names. I thought I did write down names, but. Um, we never do. I know Christina. That's all I know. But, anyways. Yeah, I wrote that name down. Um, the lady who's helping him, you know, is like, what's wrong? And he's like, there's nothing wrong. And he's like, why? Are you, she's like, why are you lying to me? Because I can tell. I know yeah. you. And he just sits there for a second. He takes a draw off his cigarette and he's like, I failed. You know, and it's oh. such a quiet moment. And then they go to this, like, you know, through pictures. Showing the gradual deterioration of the flesh on the face. Mm-hmm. So, we need to, like, we've talked enough about that, I feel like, you know. Yeah. He is perfect in that role. She is perfect in the role. Everyone that's in this movie does an excellent job. There's no bad performances. And it it's important for them not to be over the top. Mm-hmm. To be very realistic, be very down to earth. Because it would be schlocky otherwise. <laughs> It would be cheesy. <laughs> Bless your you again. Oh, it would be on there. It would be cheesy, you know. But because he's so grounded in reality, and such a you know portrays the character as such a tr- you know a tragic character who he's he's just trying anything he can to help his daughter. It increases this movie to a masterpiece where it easily could have been just schlock. Yeah, but we have to get to the iconic things in this movie. What set it apart from? The films of its era, if you will. Its special effects led to, you know, a movement across film. France, in particular, I would yeah. say. Like, the French extreme. You know, you could argue this birth of the French extreme, you know? Yeah. Because the face removal scene, which is probably the m- most iconic. Which is also, like, six minutes long. It's a long scene. Yeah. And you it's... see him getting his fingers up underneath the flesh oh. and removing it from the face, you know? And the way it's done is, like, if you've ever seen, like, you know, like either surgery video or... Pla- uh, uh, in particular, plas- uh, plastic surgery. Yeah, it's pretty on the money. It's pretty realistic, I would say. Except for I've never really seen someone take someone's actual face off. No, this ain't but. face off. This ain't Nicolas Cage and <laughs> John Travolta. <laughs> um, Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... You know, that scene is super iconic. You know, everybody has seen that image of the face being... They may not even know what movie it's from, but they've probably seen the picture of the face being... Yeah, it's like the scene with, uh, from... Uh, oh, shit, what's that movie? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, God. Mm. Oh, no. Oh, no. Mm. No, bots it on air. It's where that woman sitting in the chair, and it's like Mother Earth and stuff like that. Oh, well, the begotten. Yeah, the begotten. Yeah, you've seen the scene, whether or not you've yeah, ever you've seen ever the movie heard or not. Of the yeah, movie or not. yeah, it's a super iconic scene, and also the mask. The mask mm-hmm. that his daughter wears is, for lack of a better word, haunting. <laughs> yeah. And I think I've this on this watch, I figured out what makes it so creepy is how form-fitting it is. Yeah. Like, it fits perfectly to her face, mm-hmm. leaving to a lot of being able to see her eyes. Yeah. So you have the very human eyes mm. with this blank expression. Yeah, uh, I see. I see what you mean because it's like it blends so well with like her skin tone on the film. Yeah, it's black and white. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I love. Uh, when a black and white movie is shot really, really well, it's great. It's hard to beat because the use of shadows and tone and atmosphere. Mm. You know. I mean, a lot of people try to do black and white film nowadays, and sometimes it's hit and Sometimes miss. it's hit and miss, yeah, you know. When it's done right, though, like when someone really uses the shadows to their benefit, mm-hmm. like this, or like a really good noir film, yeah, you know, you really it's really hard to top, honestly. Like movies like Dracula and Frankenstein mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Also, like like I said, like the, you know, the 30s and 40s and noir films. Yeah. Or 40s and 50s. I can't also, but we talk about black and white film, you can't really mention horror movies in there without mentioning the god Vincent Pross. Exactly, yeah. But the mask is just so unnerving. Like, even more so than, like, Michael Myers mm-hmm. or, you know, there's Apple Cart by Dustin Mills. Yes. They lack a lot of eye because the mask sits yeah. off. And those work for that because it creates a non-human feel to it. Mm-hmm. But because this mask sits so tight on her face... And you see her eyes so well, it creates a very humanistic feel to it. Mm, even oh, though yeah. it's very plastic. And the way she dressed is very doll-like. Yeah, it's it's very creepy. Like he, The director of this film did a very good job of filming. Every time the camera's on her, making it feel almost like a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. You know? Because there, there is some like whimsical like stuff in this. There is. like The music at some points can be very whimsical. But at the same time... It's dark. Yeah, very dark. <laughs> it's a very you know, it's still powerful to this day. Still shocking. Mm-hmm. Still excellent. Performances are amazing. The visuals are fantastic. The music is excellent. It's a movie that should never be forgotten. No, it is absolutely a masterpiece. I mean, ironically, I say that, but I feel like now it's starting to get the fame it deserves. Yeah, it's probably more famous now than when it came out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which is saying which is crazy. You know, and like you know, a movie like The Brain That Wouldn't Die mm-hmm. is very much in the same vein as this film. Yeah, that movie's good too, but it is good. But it's not like this one. But that movie's extremely schlocky, it's very mad sciencey. Yeah. This one, by keeping it basic, and like I said, by having great performances, elevates it mm-hmm. past sixties schlocky B movie stuff. You see that bug flying yeah. fly at me? It happens every single time <laughs> we do this podcast. I swear to God, this bug just comes in here and just flies around. It's like that scene, The Exorcist, with the flies in the bathroom. <laughs> you ever seen Scary Movie 2 when the dude's yes. shitting and the flies are all... <laughs> <laughs> Talking about how classic this movie is. We're talking about Scary Movie 2. Look, the scary, the scary movies may have killed parody, but it's okay. They did, but it's still great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. Any last thoughts on Eyes Without a Face? I think one day 
in the future, I need to probably rewatch this. Because mm-hmm. talking about it, I mean, the movie's fantastic. But I feel like the mood I was in when I was watching this just wasn't the mood I needed to be in to watch this for some reason. <laughs> because I just, for some reason, I just seemed off. Mm-hmm. Well, you, it. you know, you, you, you referred, you, you tongue tied there for a second. When you came after watching it, you're like, oh, this movie's awesome. But I felt like it was kind of slow after the face removal yeah. scene and the pacing was kind of weird. And when I watched, like, I watched it thinking of that, being like, all right, let me see what, you know. Yeah. Let me see if I can pick up on that. And I really didn't, honestly. And I'm not trying to call you out or oh, shit on you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm on. just uh, giving my honest opinion. Like, to me, it's paced perfectly. Like, you know, you had that slow build to the first reveal. Mm-hmm. Then you build to the, the you know, the surgery. But then you build to the final act where it's almost like the Frankenstein monster, you know, yeah. aspect of it with a beautiful final. I feel like I probably should watch it again and see because, of course... Working on this YouTube channel has not been the easiest thing. <laughs> so I've kind of probably I've been you know aggravated the last little bit trying to get this done. Mm. So I, it's probably the mood I was in. What did you think about the finale? Without spoiling anything, I thought it was great. It's gorgeous, is it not? Yeah, it's it's sad though. It's very sad, and you know, and like I said, it plays into the aspect of her kind of losing her grip on. Mm reality. Because you see that happen earlier when she's like, just kill me. I don't want to do this no more. You know what I mean? That that seems haunting. And then, you know, what happens happens and Excuse me. Sorry. You know, you get this shot with her with this dove. You know, very fairy tale-ish again walking off into the woods and it's gorgeous and beautiful and The movie is amazing. It's amazing. It's a a masterpiece. Like Honestly, I think talking about this you know, in depth like we have, I feel like I should probably definitely watch this again soon. Maybe I'll do it for the YouTube channel. Maybe. Some guy named Jesus Satan just started following me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, oh God, that's great. Yeah, Eyes Without a Face, to me, that's the highest recommendation of this episode, mm-hmm. but absolutely, all Check four all films are absolutely worth a watch. I mean, I know we say this very often, well, except we for when a movie like Sex Android comes on. <sighs> Sorry, John. I'm, I'm sorry about that, and I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we do a pretty strong job of usually picking good movies, because I would rather talk about stuff I liked opposed to stuff I don't like. I mean, eventually we will hit some stuff yeah. that we don't like, but we got to talk about, you know. I mean, that's just the way it goes. That's the way the cookie crumbles. So, I believe that's going to wrap up classic disturbing cinema. Yeah. Pre-1970s shock fests. Uh, most disturbing, most shocking, probably Horrors of Malformed Men. Yeah. Followed by Jigoku. Followed by Eyes Without a Face. And Unchain on a Lou kind of weirdly stands in his own little world. Yeah. Because it's extremely shocking for the time it came out. You know, you're like, you watch it, you're like, what the f- <laughs> you know, like, Yeah, I even watch this now, I was like, what's happening? <laughs> but it's it's beautiful, too. It's awesome. Awesome movie. Um, Two colors and two black and whites, too. Yes. Weird. It's cr- cr- okay. This worked out perfectly somehow. Yeah, it did. Okay, nineteen sixty. How did Japan have, have color? color and we didn't? Um, in the sixties and even the fifties, color film was available. Yeah, some people just chose black and white. Mm. Like you'll get a mix in, in especially in the early sixties, you'll get a mix of black and white and color. I think color was more expensive. Oh, okay. So a lot of lower budget stuff would use, mm. you know, black and white. I could be wrong about that, but I'm, you know, that era of film in particular, you'll always get a, a mixture of yeah. color and black and white films. 
But yeah, so. another solid group of films. Oh yeah, enjoyed every single one of those. A good choice on your part. Thank you. But now it's my turn. So what will be next? Before, Who's next? Before <laughs> we get to that, we initially had talk about moving the podcast to every three weeks. Yes. However, with now having a store manager and starting to get some days off, actually, yeah, we're going to try to keep it every two weeks. All right. Because the, the original plan, guys, was um, because of John's work schedule yeah. and a lot of some chaotic stuff going on with, you know, my schedule as well. Yeah. We we're going to push the podcast of every, you know, three weeks or yeah. even month. So hopefully this is the last episode. That's so delayed. Yeah. Hopefully after this we can get back into the groove of things. So not next week, but the week after. We hope you'll have a brand new episode of Six on Cinema. Wow, I missed that one. Let me try it again. Six on Cinema. Um, if not, we will update you. Yeah. Um, I hate to tell you guys this, but I'm walking out of the Twitter account, so that that account is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I can try to figure that out. So, what is the next episode going to be? It's all going to be like, War! Good Lord! What oh. is it good for? <laughs> <laughs> so, what are the movies? In We're this? covering war. And more, and more appropriately, war atrocities. Yeah. As we're going to be covering Black Sun, the Nanking Massacre. Come and see. Oh, God. And the nuclear holocaust horror story that's really relevant nowadays, mm. Threads. Which will be a first time watch, as well as Come and See. Yes. And they got all three of them for you. Oh, yeah, all watch. three of them for me. Which that's not very, you know. Uncommon. Yeah, very uncommon. And we're turning back into T.F. Mao, oh, the yeah. man behind Men Behind the Sun. Uh, I guarantee I'm going to love every second of that. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a piece of work, that's for sure. Oh, God. So, email us at sickoncinema at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. I'm going to promise I'm going to start trying to be more active on there. If I can get into the Twitter account, <laughs> I will start using it again. But, as <laughs> right now, that account is just dead ass. But until then, we appreciate... The listens. Also, if you enjoy stuff in the same vein as this, we you know disturbing, you know, in you know, creepy stuff, then subscribe to our YouTube channel, Fright Crave. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you if you just search on YouTube, it should be the first or at least second result that pops up. Right. Um, videos will be coming very very soon, and we'll actually have a video about that coming out. Yeah. Very soon as well. You can follow me. On Instagram at Bacchano89. That's pretty much the only place I post anything. On Instagram? On Instagram. Uh, you can follow me. I think it's DBZFan99. I think so. I think so. But I don't post them there extremely often. But I'll, like I say, I can try to do that more often. And, you know, we experimented with it tonight. Yes. Maybe we'll start live streaming some of the episode. Yeah, and if we can figure out how to do it, uh, maybe we could live stream these on YouTube. So it'll be a little... Mm. Easier than just, you know, trying to come up with ways of just uploading it to YouTube. Right. We will keep all that stuff on the back burner. Big things coming down the road. You know, maybe start talking to some more filmmakers like we did with Adam yes. Albrant. So by the way, we love you, Adam. We we and we looking forward to your looking forward to your new movie. Yeah. And a couple shout outs real quick to some newer movies coming out, Flesh of the Void. Yes. The Bad Man. 
I guess it's, that's really it's it. Albert's new project too. Yeah, that I mentioned, but I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Yeah, something starts with a B. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember either. Betrayer is that Betrayer? It? Yeah. yeah. So all that stuff's coming down the pipe. Go support independent film. Good independent film. Support yes. Good independent film. <laughs> <laughs> Don't support trash. Don't support trash. If they're just shooting it with their camcorder and not even trying, then fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> People like Dustin Mills, Adam Melbourne again, Fred Vogel, Fred Vogel, so so many, mm-hmm. so many directors. James Bell, James Bell, support these guys. Hell yeah, they're out here working their asses off, mm-hmm. and we'll be covering more of their movies. And like I said, and if you're all interested in it, maybe we'll try to do some more interviews. Yes, but until then. I am John. I am Matt. And you've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Sinkon Cinema. <laughs> Cinema. That's like my Sunnyland tomorrow, <laughs>